they tried to put their most advanced DNA into lactobacillus. And I'm like, because that's how to science works. <laughs> you just throw them into a, a pit together and see what happens. Like, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> To another episode of the Shiny Squirrel Podcast. This week, we're actually going to be reviewing Love, Death, and Robots. And if you don't know, it's an anthology series on Netflix, and it's a little bit different than normal series. It's got 18 separate episodes, so we are going to actually delve into each one of them. So this is going to be a little bit of a longer podcast episode. That said, if you haven't seen it yet, we do have a spoiler-free section at the beginning. If you decide to pause, go watch it, and come back later, we will have our spoiler-filled section with all of our thoughts on each individual episode for the bulk of our podcast. Okay, then. Um, so my first thoughts, um, I think Love, Death, and Robots was really, really good. It is an 18-episode anthology series, so that means that each episode has different characters, a different story. Actually, a lot of them have different animation, which is really cool, so you get to see lots of different types of animation, because I know animation is actually very important for people who are into anime and manga. They don't watch certain stuff because they don't like the animation style, so I think that's nice. Um, a lot of the storylines are very different in regards to what they think is important or what they focus on. So in that sense, even if you don't like one of the episodes, you can watch another episode and enjoy that. So it's very accessible to a wide audience. Um, I will say that after watching a couple of the episodes, I do wish there were more of those episodes. Uh, so unfortunately that is kind of sad because you won't, you won't get any more of that episode. That is all. <laughs> Well, the best way that I can explain this series is it's kind of animated Black Mirror shorts. I mean, it was created by Tim Miller, who is best known for directing Deadpool. So you can see a lot of that style of humor throughout I, a lot of the episodes. I do also think we need to comment, not all of this is family friendly. This is definitely no. an adult anthology series so if you are watching things with your children please be aware this is not suitable for children yeah uh it's it's rated for mature audiences for a reason if you if you read the description on netflix it literally says nsfw in the description which means not safe for work which generally also means not safe for children so this anthology covers a wide range of genres which i think is really cool too like, it has stuff for the science fiction fan, for the fantasy fan, horror, a lot of dark comedy thrown in. There's some mythology, too, which was really cool. There's a lot of representation in this anthology series, which is really awesome. So there's um, different sexualities, there's different races, different species. And a slew of different animation styles. Mm -hmm. I was really impressed with the fact that they didn't repeat one animation style throughout almost the entire anthology. Like there were some that were close, but they all differed. A couple of them were designed from similar animation studios, but there is quite a wide range of animation studios being used here oh my did you hear that 
Yeah, I did. Stop dropping your fucking furniture! Do you know so my, how to move shit? My dear listeners, before we get too deep into the weeds with this review, just to give you a forewarning, Melanie has neighbors moving in above her, so if you hear the odd thump, that's why. They just came back with a new load, too. Dang it. I'm watching <laughs> walk by my window. Um, anyway, uh, one thing you and I discussed, actually, um, for anybody who has not seen this series yet, your particular order for this anthology series may be different from another person's because apparently Netflix decided that since there is no actual specific order you need to watch the episodes in, they decided to test an algorithm to see which orders were best for viewers. So Brie and I actually found out that our episodes were in different orders. Yeah, otherwise I would have never known because you and I were talking about one specific episode and I was like, wait, what? what? What episode are you on? Because, <laughs> yeah, so today I started like researching different episode orders. And because you asked a few of your friends and all of them had the same starting episode as you. Right. And that article you sent said that they had apparently narrowed it down to two separate orders. One started with whatever episode you started with, and one started with whatever episode I started with. I think it's more than that, because I read some places where people had so started with... If you read that full article, it stated that they had started out, like when they first launched this, because this launched in March. We're way behind. Yeah, we're way behind. Sorry, um, guys. When this originally launched, they had multiple different orders, but as mm -hmm. uh, they got more feedback from the algorithm, they narrowed it down. Hmm. So depending on when you watched it, your order may be different than people who are watching it now. That's true. But I legitimately was having no luck finding anyone who had started with three robots. Yeah, I don't think that one uh, was the one that they narrowed down on. So you, I don't know. I am curious about so that. So how, how did I end up with like one that wasn't in like the two? I think that article might have had a couple of things, but I that mean, was also back in March. Oh, so that things might have changed. March. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't look, I don't look at the dates for articles <laughs> unless I need to source it. I do find it interesting because the episode that I started with hooked me really, really well. But I think if I had started with another episode, I might not have continued watching. Yeah, I would have to agree if, well, if I would have started off with the episode that you started off with. So Melanie started off with Sunny's Edge. I started off with three robots. I think that had I started off with Sunny's Edge, I would have continued. But three robots was definitely a good starting point for me. See, and I don't know if I would have... I don't want to get too much into it. I don't know if I would have been as intrigued had I started off with three robots. Yeah. I have so much to say, like, specifically on that episode. But no, <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till the spoiler section. Yeah. But, you know, I, I look at at least the order that mine were in and the stuff that I was kind of um that I would cringe at was sandwiched between kind of palate cleansers in a way which is funny because you say cringe and palate cleanser and I'm just I'm sitting here going those aren't the terms that I would use because the things that I found very frustrating was more the animation style but I wouldn't say they were cringeworthy it was more like I would have skipped them <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm never a fan of Uncanny Valley. 
animation. I don't know what that means. Let me go look it up. Basically, basically when um, an animation style is too close to reality, but you can still tell that it's oh, okay. off. See, I don't have issues with that. I had issues with the, um, I, don't even, I don't even know what it's called. It's very basic, like, uh, archer style. I wouldn't say basic. Oh. The, very, the archer style animation. I okay. don't like that. Are you talking about Fish Knight? No, that one. Well, yeah, no, that one was pretty bad. <laughs> Just kidding. I Yeah, I didn't like the animation style for that specifically. Um, I also didn't like the animation style for, wait, where is it? The Dump. That was not my cup of tea. That whole episode was kind of weird for me. I understood, different ways, but- I understood it. I'm not, I, I don't think I'd ever care to know more about that story. Yeah, no, I think um, the tiny amount of time that we had with the dump was plenty. But we'll discuss that more in the spoilery section. end of the day i think it was worth watching they're super duper short you can binge this in less than a weekend like it's less than a normal season first season of a show Um, yeah all the episodes range between like eight minutes and 20 minutes yeah they're super short so if you don't like something you'll be done shortly like it's not a big deal and even i mean it also gives you an opportunity to like find new art like animators and artists and storytellers too so i think it's kind of right it's kind of an awesome idea what i think i love most about the series and Melanie's either gonna yell at me for <laughs> yelling spoiler in which case it just won't be included in the audio but what I really loved about this anthology was the fact that it could be as meta or as shallow as you wanted it to be so many of the episodes kind of leave you with a thought prompt on either humanity or the world or in that sense it's very much like black mirror yeah so when i was describing this to a couple of coworkers that's what i was saying was that it was basically animated black mirror i don't think shorts. it's anywhere nearly as dark as Black Mirror, though? Well, it depends on how much you get into the psychology. Because like I said, each episode can be as meta or as shallow as you want it to be. I also feel like dark Black Mirror kind of forced you to be meta. Is yeah. It? Like, like that, they, that's the thing. Like, you have the option here where you really didn't with Black Mirror. That's true. And some of the episodes are just ridiculous in general. So, like, there, there are some blatant gags that you should laugh at because they're funny and ridiculous. Right. So, my th- theory on the algorithm that they have kind of worked on since March is that they coordinate the structure of the series like the episode order with your viewing habits no I definitely think that uh Sunny's Edge was a very aligned with what I normally watch yeah and they they space them out so like if there's this there are a couple that are from similar genres And they will space those out so they're not like all right next to each other. So you kind of skip around in genres. So when was when was Helping Hand for you? Um, that was in uh, I'd say probably like the middle ish. Because I think that if that would have been episode one for you, you would have just been very nope. No, not at all. It's one of those things where like. Okay, I'm not going to get into it. We'll get into that more in a minute. But yeah, because when I think about the order of my episodes, it felt very tailored to my viewing habits where, you know, I would go from three robots, which is very, you know, light, I think, to Beyond the Aquila Rift, which 
I still find it odd that they chose that for my second episode because oof, yeah. Yeah. You'll understand our, our commentary more if you've seen this or if you wait for our spoilers. <laughs> right. Um, Cause I'm like, what have I watched recently that makes you think that that's what I Oh, I just want to get into spoilers now. I know. Final spoiler-free thoughts, Brie. I think that it's definitely a must-see for adults that enjoy that kind of short uh, psychological type storytelling. Do not recommend for families with small children. I also wouldn't recommend it for people who don't want to think too deeply. If you're looking for a fun time, this is not, I would not recommend this for wanting to feel good or have fun. Like even though the episodes are fun. Yeah. If you're looking for something light, this isn't it. Certain episodes would be good for it, but the fact that you won't know which episodes those are until you get started kind of isn't going to help you. So it's one of those things where you kind of have to be prepared for everything. In that sense, I loved it. I, I'm one of those where I add stuff. I definitely loved it. To my watch list. I add stuff to my watch list or my read list. So, and then I'll just let it sit there for so long. I'll forget what it's about. And then I'll like start reading it or watching it with absolutely no idea what it's about. Like I, I purposely double blind test myself when I watch stuff on accident. So for me personally, it was great not knowing what I was getting into with each episode. I was kind of worried when we chose this for mm. our first review. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> I was just like, NSFW. Yeah, no, we read the description and we're like, first off, we couldn't come up with anything else to watch because we don't watch the same genres or one of us has already seen it or something. And so we came across this. We were both intrigued by it, but we're like looking at the description and the main picture. We're just like, uh, maybe, no, let's try one episode and see how it goes. But I think like the fact that what it really came down to was the fact that it was an anthology of Mm. shorts because I get invested in characters while you invest in plot. Mm. So when it comes to what we're looking for in a show or in a film, it's never the same thing. Yeah. I think once we get into the spoiler section here in a minute, it'll be pretty obvious that Brie and I have different tastes because I have a feeling we're going to like different episodes. Oh, probably. We are now going to get into the spoiler section. If you have not watched it and you don't want to know what happens, this is the part where you're going to tune out for the rest of the week. We will see you next week. But in the meantime, go, if you've liked what we've said so far and you want to go watch it, go watch it, return to the to our episode and let us know if your thoughts mirror our thoughts. I like that. I didn't mean to have a callback to Black Mirror, but I, say, I like that. I like that mirror our thoughts. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Good at words. Yeah. All right. So you want to start? Let's go with your order because why not? Let's just go with your order. Oh my gosh. With my order. Okay. So do you remember your order? (laughs) I I have the Netflix. uh, So your first episode was three robots. Yeah. So my first episode was three robots, which was, I loved all the tie backs to some of my favorites like there was a tie back to Buffy there was obviously a tie to iRobot there were a couple callbacks to Wally I felt like I didn't catch any of this <laughs> I clearly was not thinking that deeply in this episode I like I said these like 
this entire series, you, you could make it as shallow as you want or as mud as you want. And I've said that three times now, so I should really come up with a new analogy. I was probably still stuck in my first episode, honestly, just because it impacted me so much. But we'll get into that in a minute. I think Three Robots was super duper cute. I My favorite part, honestly, was the cat being like, they were like, oh, are you going to explode if we stop petting you? And he was like, I don't know, but maybe you should just not stop petting me forever. I brought friends. And I'm like, I love you. You're a manipulative little bitch. I like you. I I loved the entire build up to that moment. Like, I was not, I did not see that ending coming. Uh-uh. No. Which is kind of what made the entire dep- episode delightful. I will say that's something actually I loved about all of the episodes. Because they're so short, you never know what's going to wrap it up or where it's going to end. It doesn't follow, right. like, standard plot movement no no it's uh it follows the kind of horror scare formula that mirrors a comedic joke where you have the build-up to the punchline because these episodes are so short you never see the punchline coming which is what makes it so effective yeah i I really enjoyed this particular style it makes me want to become a better writer (laughs) (laughs) i want to write short stories like this where it's just like bam it's done or it's like wait what yeah, that's kind of how I felt like watching everyone. I'm like, this is going to make Melanie want to write again. Yay! Um, I want somebody to animate my writing. Like, this is epic. I would love to be in volume two. I mean, I know a person. Anyway. <laughs> More about um, that later. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so anyway. I don't want to spend too much time on each episode, so we should probably keep keep the ball rolling. Second episode for you? Second episode for me was Beyond the Akilla Rift. Right. Which, I'll be honest, I didn't really enjoy at all. Uh, Out of all of the episodes, it felt the least uh, innovative. It felt very derivative of other things that I've seen before. This is my area of expertise because it's a space opera. And I will tell you right now... It has been driven into the ground so many times. This particular plotline in Beyond the Akilla Rift, where they are thrown off course, God knows how far, and there's no hope of getting back. Like, that is so overdone that I really... I was over it. I didn't care. And the whole thing was, there was nothing... My issue here with this episode, there's nothing surprising about it. Because when What's-Her-Face walks in and she starts explaining it, I'm like, okay, well, she's fake. Like, there's something clearly wrong here. Like, they didn't try to mask it at all. And it just continues to build up. And, like, I really hated the ending. I hated the ending for this one because all it did was create a loop of itself because he couldn't handle it. And, like, I don't, that Mm -hmm. personally, that feels cheap. It feels very much like the, oh, just kidding, they were dreaming the entire time. Right. And, like, there's an episode where, like, the loop style of storytelling works. Uh, Beyond the Akilla Rift was just kind of a letdown for me. Uh, especially... The loop felt like a scapegoat in this. It felt like cheating. I felt like it did what the creators wanted it to, and no more. It didn't push the boundaries at all. No. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Wasn't my cup of tea. But I'm not a fan of Uncanny Valley-style animation. I have no issues with the animation style. It was more just the fact that there was nothing... There was no character depth. There was no plot line. There was nothing interesting about it personally. So moving on. Moving on. My third episode was Ice Age. Oh, which... God. <laughs> I, 
Okay, first off, I I sent this comment to Brie when I was watching this. I like how it starts off with um, Ramona Flowers Flowers and and Foreman from that 70s show. I can't remember his first name. (laughs) Anyway, I just think that's funny because, like, they are two interesting actors to put into a romantic relationship together. I didn't I didn't buy the romantic relationship at all. Oh, definitely not. It was super awkward, but I think it was meant to be. I did appreciate the fact that his face almost got blown off. By the nuclear bomb? That was great. I loved it. <laughs> In the freezer. I thought this was a very interesting storytelling method. Yeah. It didn't really have a plot, but it was much more of a thinking exercise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kind of just see this loop of civilization where, you know, they continue, like, they, they basically watch this city go from jurassic or prehistoric yeah it starts in uh i think the middle ages uh well technically it starts with um even before that with the ice age with the no because no 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 because remember she made a comment about the architecture being well beyond the time that a woolly mammoth would have been alive but what made them go to it in the first place was finding that woolly mammoth, which wouldn't be there. I okay, feel like I was hadn't... I was basing on the point of when they first saw the civilization. Oh, okay, whatever. Because yes, technically um, at the end it goes back and it's a whole start over at the Jurassic period or wherever, whenever the time is. And prehistoric. Um, I, I don't pay attention to history class. Even if dinosaurs <laughs> were involved, I never paid attention. There's a lot of loops in this is this anthology. <laughs> yeah, but it was like oddly optimistic, but in a very uh, critique of civilization type of way. I don't know. Do you consider that ending where the, the thing explodes to be optimistic? Because they definitely, um, Ramona Flowers and What's-His-Face, um, definitely interpreted it as a very negative thing. Yeah, they were kind of depressed that it wouldn't ever come back. And But what was beautiful was the fact that it, like, life survived. Like, it didn't matter how ridiculous things got or how much anything exploded, life oh, always see. returned. Yeah. See, and um, I guess I interpreted it differently. Right. But it, you interpret life differently, which is why I said that this episode was very much more of a thought-provoking exercise than it was an actual <laughs> plotted story. Yeah, because I saw the ending of when like they exploded to be more of a, um, and this is a very science fiction aspect, ascension. Ascension is very, very big in science fiction. So, like, when they basically exploded, I was like, oh, they ascended to a higher plane of existence. Like, at some point, that is the ideal state for humanity. We are able to shed our corporeal forms and become higher beings. I mean, that's kind of the concept of heaven in some sense. That's true. So, like, that was how I saw it. And then I wasn't entirely sure how to interpret the Jurassic state again like starting over more so because I, I don't I don't know I don't know how to interpret that that particular ending I mean it kind of depends on what you what your beliefs are in regards to creation right right because and it essentially goes from one big bang creating life that life kind of propelling itself into another big bang just to relive the entire cycle okay we spent some time on that one moving on what's your next episode <laughs> uh, my next episode was Sunny's Edge yes I I loved it this episode. I fucking love this episode. It was awesome. Due to like my skepticism, I always expected the worst out of the endings for the for these episodes. <gasps> I'm not gonna lie. Like it it feels like they trained me to ex- to expect the worst. 
Which is funny because so, I started with Sunny's Edge, so I definitely had different expectations. <laughs> um, so, but when Crazy Lady, you know, puts her claws through Sunny's skull, that was and, unexpected. Holy yeah, crap! Yeah, and, and dude, like, stomped on her head. I was just like, "Well, that's that's the end of the episode." Yeah, I know. Big guy, like, oh, guy dies, and this sucks. I was like, that's kind of anticlimactic. Like, damn. But then, then, like, they come around, they're like, oh, nah, bitch. That's not my real form. Okay, so that actually made me wonder if that was actually her real form or, like, she was able to meld her mind with that creature. Do you know what I mean? So the way that I understood it, because, like, she kind of explained it mildly that the human body was her real form. Um, or her original form. And so like her rapist had like actually killed her. Her friends had saved her body. But when it came to her mind, it kind of got uploaded. So Right. But my question is, was that beast, excuse me, was carnivore a mindless husk that was biologically created for Sonny's mind? Or... Hmm. Because that—that's my—that's how I interpret this. Because the mechanic in the book in this particular anthology episode is a mechanic I actually utilized in a book I was writing. So I don't know if the if carnivore has a mind of its own and it shares a space, or it was removed, or if it was a husk created to embody Sunny's mind. You know, I wonder if it was a husk because, like, when it comes to all the other creatures in the fighting ring. No one really cares about if they die. But the thing is, is that, you know, you look at history and or even modern day mm. with certain fighting rings, people just don't care about who's in the ring anyway, because they're just entertainment for them. Well, and if you can prove that it's just a husk and it's not actually a mindful being, then... Sentient? Well, I don't want to say sentient because that gets into the, the definition of sentience and what is sentient and blah, well. blah. Basically, if it's a living thing on its own and can function on its own, you have to bring into the concept of ethics. But if it's not technically, if it can't function on its own outside of the fluid or outside of the control of its host, then technically ethics doesn't come into the matter because it's not technically, quote unquote, a living thing. Yeah, but I mean, those people aren't exactly ethical in general. So I don't know if like ethics can really be... It doesn't matter who's running the ring. Ethics is always going to be an issue because people are going to know about it. I don't know. There's there's such an underside to humanity in general that like I wouldn't be surprised if those creatures did have minds of their own. Given the fact that they keep them in vats, I'm going to go with a no. Yeah, fair. Whoa. All right, last thoughts on Sunny's Edge. Oh man, okay. Um, anyway, that's my personal favorite episode out of... Of the anthology it was towards the top for me moving on ish eh? yeah we can move on okay so my next episode was when the yogurt took over oh, fucking a no i just just no i was it was such a trip to watch that episode because i was just like constantly waiting for the punchline just waiting and waiting and waiting and the episode ended and i was still waiting and i think that was kind of the point that they were trying to make with the story anyway like that was the effect they wanted why Ohio? Nobody wants Ohio. I don't know, dude. Oh my God. No, I just, there. Consensus is no. <laughs> I, unfortunately, as a geneticist, I look at that episode and I'm just like, all the bad science. All, all the bad, bad science. science. Like, I, I couldn't take the episode seriously because I'm like, no. <laughs> this is how you start the zombie apocalypse. Not following standard protocol. And speaking of non-standard protocol, my next episode is The Secret War. 
Oh, okay then. And that was your last episode, right? That was my last episode, yeah. It was it was very kind of reminiscent of uh, Hellboy for me. Never seen it. Russian setting. Some Russian militant wants supernatural power, so then he makes the pact that he can't undo, and it backfires in his face, and, you know. That's literally like every plot line of an arrogant asshole ever. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. It was kind of uneventful for me. Yeah, I've, it I've was the same exact plot line with like other cre- other worldly creatures before, so it wasn't anything new for me. Essentially, like while watching the entire episode, I'm like, oh, someone opened a hell mouth. But yeah, it wasn't towards the top of my list. It wasn't one of my loathsome episodes, though, either. No, um, it's definitely not my worst. But I would just say it was... I think that spot belongs to Beyond the Akilah Rift for me. I don't know which one's my worst. I'll say The Secret War is probably somewhere in the middle for me, just because it wasn't anything particularly interesting. Right. So, <laughs> you're going to love what came next. Oh my god. The Sucker of Souls. Oh my god. If you're looking for <laughs> puns, this is the episode to watch. The puns. Oh, great. You wouldn't be the first man to be afraid of a little pussy. But I think what was great was the the punchlines followed them all the way to the end where they're like, oh, we're dying now. You thought we were getting out, but nope, we're dead. All of us are dead. I, I love I love the realism for it where like there is no like magical saving grace at the end. Like they just die. Yeah. Also, I but it kept the humor all the way through, which was. Yeah, no, I loved it. It was great refreshing i will say i think my favorite part though was when dracula like caught sight of the cat and his pupils became kitties (laughs) he was like yes all i could think was kitty mode activated (laughs) (laughs) that's like all i could think because that's like it's like what robots do like when they're changing mode they like change their their pupils or something oh my god that was so funny it was definitely the funniest out of all of the episodes that's kind of all i have to say it's funny it was it was good it was good time yeah, it was it was hysterical. My next one was The Witness. Okay, really quick. I called the ending before I was in even halfway through. Yeah, I was curious what the twist was going to be, um, seeing her as his victim and also the witness at the same time. I was kind of like, okay, well, either this is going to be a loop or this, there's going to be some other weird sci-fi-ish thing. Yeah, um, I've seen too many loops now that I was like, that's a loop. <laughs> Yeah, but unlike the Akilah Rift, I feel like the loop really worked here. But it was a it's a different type of loop. The mechanic is different. Also, just like the storytelling and the suspense were completely different for the loop. Yeah. So that makes like, a huge difference. Yeah, the witness held suspense all the way through. There was no idle sense of stability. There was no questioning. It was always like you knew something bad was going to happen. Right. I will say just like something that came up in my mind while I was watching this when she was doing her like seductive dance if that's what you want to call it. I'm not entirely sure why falling off a couch is seductive but anyway I couldn't get over the number the like amount of body paint on her on her because Mm -hmm. it was like sparkly purple and I'm just like I can't take you seriously right now. Like if they were tattoos, it'd be one thing. But I think it was the fact that it was like brightly colored and completely arbitrary. I was like, I just, I can't, I can't take this seriously. I mean, that was the animation style though. It is the animation style. Yeah. Like you got all of the, you got all of the language of all of the sound effects, Mm. like thwomp and crack and, you know. No, I meant like on her body. No, I know. But the entire setting, the way that they brought your eye to the attention that they wanted it to be, where they wanted it to be, they used bright colors. 
So they just put bright colored body paint all over her mm -hmm. with sparkles. Mm -hmm. It literally looks like somebody took like that. Oh God, what was it? It's like this glue gel that you used to do like draw on t-shirts with. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, like the glitter puff paint? Yeah, like that's literally all I could think about. I was <laughs> like, I can't even take your seductive arbitrary dance seriously right now because you just look like Puff the Magic Dragon or some shit. <laughs> okay, on that note, moving on. My next episode was Suits. All right. I love the ending. I was not expecting him to have survived. I thought he died. I thought he would have died. It would have made sense if he died. That wasn't the ending I was talking about. I mean, like the ending ending. When they zoom out to look at Earth. Oh, yeah. I like that. Except for the fact that I was- do. Okay, see, here's my problem. Because my logical brain was like, okay, but you need to go repair all your mechs now. But you don't have any, like, machinery refinement areas because you're all farmland to survive. I'm just sitting here going like, where are you getting new metal? There's no way you're going to be continuously repairing those uh, mechs or getting new oil to burn because eventually you're going to run out in your tiny little pocket of the world. Like my logical brain was like, no, dang it. Yeah. I don't know. Like Suits was kind of one of those episodes where it was like fun to watch, but mildly unmemorable. Like the yeah. characters, you could root for them. I only cared about the old lady. I hated her. Yeah, she was awesome. I hated everybody else. I didn't really care about Jake. Enough to be like, oh, he died. It was just kind of like a, eh. They set him up as a character who was going to die because he was the geekiest one of the bunch. They, like, I'm sorry, it, they didn't hide it definitely fit the trope of, like, you know, the guy that spends his entire time, like, trying to perfect his craft, and then the minute he gets to use it, he dies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. My next one was Good Hunting. I'm so glad that she got her body back in the end. I mean, granted, it wasn't her body, but... I, you know, okay, the buildup was a little slow for me. I wish it had been a little bit faster because I feel like they did all of the backstory and the main plot in the same episode. And I felt like that was just unnecessary. I don't understand why they did it, but it felt very slow for me, which sucks because I, I loved the concept. It was a, a slower episode. The pacing was definitely slower. I'm not sure what they could have cut for the ending to- I don't, I don't either. Have the impact that it did. I kind of almost wish they'd followed her. Yeah. Instead of him. Or at least given us more of her. Because they could have cut a lot of his scenes for yeah. her. Because technically, like, as much as they want to make it sound like his story, it's not his story. It's her story. Yeah. I do think it's kind of interesting that at least the dichotomy between his father basically cutting off this young pup's heritage, fast forward to the son returning that heritage to her mm. i did appreciate that dichotomy it was interesting I, I i enjoyed it i thought the animation was beautiful oh i loved it it was fantastic i want to be a fox now who doesn't want to be a fox not tricky people anyway um yeah no i thought it was fantastic mm -hmm. i just wish they would have picked a different character as the focal point uh, yeah okay uh next up the dump which Fuck that. yeah no i mean it was kind of cute ish not really because it's kind of gross to look at and it was, I just didn't care for it, to be honest. I don't like the aesthetic. I, I understand it appeals to some people and I understand why. But at the same time, it was literally a dude telling a story inside of a story. I don't like that mechanic. Yeah. It makes for a disjointed narrative. I just, I, di I didn't enjoy it. Two out of ten. That's all I have. <laughs> Oof. 
We're getting, we're giving numbers now. <laughs> we probably should have started that method like forever ago. <laughs> so next up was shapeshifters, which hey, I we were con- in the same order. From- oh, good hunting the dump and then shapeshifters. Yeah. Oh, shapeshifters is another one that was just unoriginal. Well, I really connected to it, but I think that's more to do with my military background than anything else. And I approached it from a supernatural shapeshifter aspect, and it was nothing nothing new for a shapeshifter story yeah no it was definitely nothing new for a shapeshifter story but in regards to putting that kind of spin on a soldier story that right that is kind of refreshing because you know we don't really talk about the infighting amongst service members because you know you want to believe that every service member has their brother's backs and that's just not the truth um there also there weren't any racism, female service there, members oh no there weren't there weren't any female service members in that episode mm. um i appreciated the fact that they let him go at the end but honestly that would never ever happen yeah i was gonna say i was like that's highly unrealistic wouldn't he have been like uh something discharged dishonorably discharged yeah. well he first would have been court-martialed okay. and he would have been cited as a deserter and then th- thrown in prison for the rest of his life yeah i was gonna say i was like that was highly unrealistic even i know that so yeah but see in that standpoint that's why i also came at it from a shapeshifter story because the shapeshifter was more important than the military i feel like they just used a military backdrop for shapeshifter story which does a lot of disservice to military yeah but it was also a story about or at least for me it was also a story of uh xenophobia within the military Mm. so you you don't really get to see too many stories like that like anytime you see a military story it's all like oh brothers helping brothers there's really no mention of i still i think it would have been better if it had a more realistic ending though to portray yeah um i found it highly suspect that his uh fellow shapeshifter would have died like that to be honest it felt contrived in a really uh, disappointing way. It felt too perfect. I mean, it was a plot device. No, no, no. The entire story felt too perfect. Like, everything fell into place perfectly. I'm not sure what you mean by perfect. Well, let's go start with that. They are already outcast, and right. they're treated like crap, so they are naturally together with each other because they're the same species. And then one of them, even though the fact that they're severely superhuman, one of them gets killed right off the bat, and other dude somehow manages to catch the scent of the other wolf in all of the bloodshed like you can pick out one scent which suggests that only two wolves or one wolf was there killing every single one of them and and then you're suggesting that there's some type of shapeshifter code of like you killed my brother let's go meet in the middle of the desert and kill each other like what you come from completely different cultures. I, I don't think that one look can mean the same thing in two different cultures. I didn't see it as a code thing. I saw it as them getting rid of like the last honest threat before taking out the entire squadron. Yeah, no, that's not how I interpreted it at all. Because he definitely had the opportunity to be like, that's the wolf right there. And he was like, nah, we gotta meet up in the middle of the night so I can kill you and uh, get my revenge. Well, I mean, yeah, he definitely wanted his revenge. Yeah, but I- Like, I don't think it had anything to do with the code of ethics as it was just him personally wanting revenge. No, but they, they like, they basically agreed to it too. Because they didn't have to show up. They could have come another time and killed him in the middle of the night. Like, that was just, it was too planned. It was too perfect. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Uh, Fish night. Uh, Mm. I like the concept. I think the execution was lacking. I mean, the moment that he was like, I want to go swim. I was like, well, shit, he's going to die. It it was just kind of eh for me. When he started swimming, I was like, what the hell are you smoking? (laughs) Honestly, I thought that he was going to like jump into the, into the sky and just like 
plummet to his Oh death. yeah, no, me too. I totally thought he was just going to die right there. I thought that that would have been a funnier ending. <laughs> I think it would have been great. I That's the type of ending you and I would write. Just yeah. kidding. I mean, like, still keep, like, the dad's face at the end. Like, the, the fuck just happened? Yeah. I mean, it was beautifully animated, but I just... I care more about the fish than the people. Yeah, same. (laughs) Moving on. uh, Helping hand. Oof. This is why I will never go to space. Survival instinct says don't go to space. Yeah. um, Oh, God. Like, I honestly thought she was going to die. I couldn't figure out what was going to happen because I was like, her just drifting off into space and dying is not a good ending. So I'm like, okay, something has to happen. But like... Yeah, I was not seeing the uh, tourniquet thing happen well okay because spacesuits nowadays don't have the ability to take off the arm the whole arm is one piece so like for people living in the real world like that's not a mechanic that would have been plausible right also i'm not entirely Uh, sure that would have worked it wouldn't have worked because i'm pretty sure there is a different pressure system in space so the tourniquet would not have been powerful enough to prevent the pressure difference or the temperature from going up. Like, there's no way that tourniquet is going to stop the No, she would have continued to get... Cold. Yeah, like... Yeah, it, the, the frostbite would have continued into her upper arm. And it's not a perfect seal, meaning she would have also lost more oxygen through there. Right. Like, the- yeah, there were there were a lot of... Um, it's not logical. No. Uh, Please do science. <laughs> Please do science. But that being said, it was a very powerful thinking exercise oh, on what would you do not go to space <laughs> not go to space moral of the story of helping hands don't, go, don't to space. go to space the thing is my whole concept is like why would you put yourself in a position where like anything goes wrong and you die i mean like she says at the very beginning that the solo missions like kind of irked her i don't think i got the beginning that my i think my episode might have been lagging oh yeah she was uh talking to what's his face over the comm system and she's like i hate these solo missions and before she goes out he's like okay be careful why okay also why would you ever send somebody out alone when your closest rescue mission is 60 minutes away yeah that just seems like poor planning also she should have had a life hook connecting her to whatever the hell she was like working on you don't just (laughs) freehand walk in space like that's not how that shit works there are safety measures in first like on its face it's a great episode but like when you start digging into well, actually, then it just kind of falls apart. It's very difficult you... for me as a scientist to sit here and watch some of these episodes. <laughs> that being said, we still recommend it. Moving on, alternate histories. There's really nothing to really write home about. I mean, it's fun to watch Hitler die 50 million times. I thought it was dumb. Yeah, I could have gone without it. I, I like. I don't think it needed to be part of this anthology, and I'm sorry to whoever wrote it. That's literally, do you, did you see the description for that episode? No. Want to see Hitler die in a variety of comically fantastic ways? Now you can. Welcome to Multiversity. Had I seen that description, I never would have watched that episode. Like I said, it's nothing to really write home about. It's still above Beyond the Killer Rift for me. No, mm, no. Mm-mm. I think uh, that one's right down there with the dump for me. So moving on to Lucky 13. I really enjoyed this episode. Oh my god. This I this... I really liked this episode. This is sci-fi porn. Oh my god. I love this. I I really liked that episode. I love advanced technology and like the personification of technology without giving a personification. Like it was amazing. 
Yeah, it was so good. And what I appreciated was that they gave like the ship this, like they set the ship up as like kind of like this villainous type character, but she ended up as this very noble creature. So I, I loved it. Oh, I kind of just thought she was a selfish bitch who wanted somebody to respect her, but okay. The ship? Yeah. She was like, nah, none of you were cool enough to fly me. She is. That woman is. Except for like, she waited to blow up until it was yes mutual respect yeah so like you're giving you're giving <laughs> you're giving a lot more nobility to the ship than i am at this point yeah i know but i do that in general I know. so <laughs> like we said at the beginning of this episode me and melanie see very different yeah. things <laughs> i thought it was fantastic i mm-hmm. actually felt a lot for the ship and i wish the ship hadn't exploded i wish they could have saved it yeah i agree sad face yeah Kind of made my heart hurt. Yeah, I like the ship. Let's bring the ship back. Hashtag bring the ship, bring back Lucky 13. My second to last episode was Blind Spot, which, eh. It felt very uh, fast and furious for me. It felt very flat for me because like there was no, any loss that you might have felt throughout the episode was taken away from you at the very end. See, but for me, the fact that they lost people so quickly meant that there had to be something there. Mm. Like, I, because of the fact that they lost the three main characters right off the bat, it was like, okay, well, the rookie can't continue on by themselves, so, like, that's not gonna work. So, like, I kind of expected something to revive them. I wasn't sure how. I don't know. There was just, there was no payoff. I want to know what they needed the microchip for. They never explain it. No, it was a very vague episode in general. I enjoyed the characters. Eh. It's it, that's my style. Like Blind Spot was very like fast and furious for me. I thought it was great. I mean, it was kind of just middle of the road for me. Like I would put Shapeshifters above Blind Spot yeah, for I, me I personally. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that brings me to my final episode, which was Zima Blue, which was a really curious episode to end on. See, I didn't. Okay, so really quickly, I didn't like my last episode, and I kind of get the feeling you didn't like your last episode. What was your last episode? The Secret War. Oh. Yeah. Um. Wait. We already talked. We about did that fact that it was your last episode. Yeah. It's okay. We're, we're um, repeating for you. It... <laughs> Thanks, because I don't remember shit. It's okay. So it wasn't that I didn't like Zima Blue. It was just a very um curious choice because it dealt with intern the internal struggle of finding meaning, which is kind of a personal issue that I've been struggling with lately. Mm-hmm. The fact that it ended on him dismantling himself to go home was just a very uh surreal episode to end on for me that definitely had more impact on you than it did on me yeah but you also don't struggle with the like i could i understood it i understood it Mm -hmm. took me a minute but i understood it but i i'm very much a living in the moment kind of a person so right yeah but that's kind of like he was searching for himself and for like what made him happy i don't know like he it wasn't so much about happiness for him though it was well he comments he's like there's something good about i don't know the exact line but um being able to marvel at a job well done right but i mean that's not really happiness that's looking at what you've done and being pleased Mm. i didn't love the episode but it definitely i think made the most impact on me Eh, I respect it for what it tries to do, but personally, it it didn't connect with me. But I mean, Blind Spot didn't connect for me. So, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot to unpack in this show. And it has such a wide variety of characters and stories and genres that, you know, what connects for one person is going to be completely different than what connects for another person. Yeah.
rank top three and bottom three since there's 18. You go first. Okay, so I'm going to start with the bottom three. Uh, obviously, Beyond the Akilla Rift, since I have been kind of uh, trashing it this entire time. The Dump and Blind Spot. Those are my bottom three. Uh, my bottom three are, are going to be Alternate Histories, The Dump, and When the Yogurt Took Over. Uh, okay. One hundred percent fair. <laughs> All right, and then my top three. Oh, that one's harder. That one is so much harder. My top three from my third best is going to be Three Robots. My second um, best is going to be Sunny's Edge, and then my top is going to be Lucky Thirteen. Wow. So my third best, oddly enough, I still think is going to be Helping Hand. I just respect it. Yeah. My second top is going to be Lucky 13. And my overall favorite is going to be Sunny's Edge, without a doubt. And no one is surprised. Nobody's surprised. That one's near and dear to my heart uh, because I basically wrote a book very similar to that. So, And you're even planning on cosplaying it. I will at some point be able to draw... <laughs> Because I'm so fucking cosplaying, Sunny. I'm so doing it. I'm not entirely sure if I can go brawless, though. That makes me uncomfortable. All right, well, that concludes our podcast for the week. We realized it was a little bit longer, but we hope you enjoyed it. And if you guys have any thoughts on Love, Death, and Robots, we would love to hear from you guys on what your favorite was or your least favorite. So feel free to hit us up on social media at shiny squirrel poe on twitter also if you guys liked this style of episode where we review something that we've seen um let us know because we thought it was really great to be able to absorb some new content and share our thoughts on it and we would be totally down for doing more of this in the future if you guys also liked our content and are wanting to support us a little bit we have a patreon so you are welcome to go check out our patreon for some bonus features and that is the shiny squirrel and don't forget to subscribe to the Shiny Squirrel Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. If you liked what we had to say, feel free to leave us a review or a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. I'm just going to keep repeating myself like the awkward little duck that I am. So subscribe. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>